Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You know what that means? You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. We're happy you're here. So do, if you have a moment, slow down and, um, and join us as we uh, talk about all things Catholic, all things parenting. And we'll begin uh, with our prayers we always do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. And St. Joseph, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah, so last week we did a show on, uh, Thaddeus is here with me, and we did a show together on St. Joseph. Yo, Trey. Yo. How you doing? Uh, how you doing? I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, anyway, it was kind of interesting that I think later that day, or maybe the next day, um, I texted you, you and texted I said, me. Yeah, I saw been nice the article. Known, it would have been nice to have known this. I think we <laughs> taped it the day before. Um, it didn't come out till the next day. Uh, That's right. Was, we, we taped it the day before the, the Immaculate, Immaculate Conception. Conception and yes. the announcement of the year of St. Joseph came out on the Immaculate Conception. Yeah, so sometimes the Holy Spirit works that way, which, by the way, we're trusting this time and asking the Holy Spirit to lead this conversation. So uh, we asked that he would, um, would guide us. But um, it was... It's funny how things like that happen because it it was striking that that was not something that I initially thought about doing, and then I was like, "Yeah, let's do something for Saint Joseph because he's been such a big part of our lives." And and we shared that last week, and then all of a sudden, Pope uh, Francis declares this next year, from December eighth of this year, feast of the Immaculate Conception, to I guess next year, December eighth. Yes. Uh, And uh, according to one of the sources that we were looking at, apparently one of the great popularizers of devotion, current day popularizers of of devotion to St. Joseph, Father Donald Calloway, uh, believes that, you know, maybe his, the release of his book had something, something to do with, (laughs) or at least, at least he hopes so. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure. It's all factored into the mix, I'm sure. Exactly. That that and and the Holy Spirit, I, you know. Same. I mean, Joseph who knows? On, on that on that account, I mean, maybe somehow the Holy Spirit got word to the Holy Father that you know you were doing something on Saint Joseph on the Immaculate Conception. And he said, "Hey, if Trey, if Trey yeah, Cash, well, okay, I will promise you, I will not take <laughs> the earthly Father of Jesus. That yeah. he, we need a year dedicated. Uh, to him. Right. Uh, we can always hope. We can always hope. Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure he's listening, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I know St. Joseph is, and I know the Holy Spirit is. Right, and you gave some amazing, you know. uh, amazing miracle stories yeah, in your was, own there, life it, He, uh, he is somebody that um, has had a um, profound impact um, in very concrete ways in our, in our family. But on this one, I thought it would be good since one of the things in terms of declaring this new liturgical year, um, the year of St. Joseph, one of the things that's that's been put out there as ways to gain plenary indulgences. Um, and given the fact that that is often confused and something that is, um, that 
people mistake and mistake how you know what what that is and since there's an awful lot i think negative about back in during the time of the protestant reformation that there were people selling indulgences which has never <laughs> been the case. it might have happened uh, but it would have not been um in line with what the church has taught uh taught then or continues to teach with regard to to indulgences but i think it's <clears throat> indulgences are something that we should know and given the fact that saint joseph is kind of the means through which the the church is deciding to offer these indulgences this year there's other ways to get them but in a particular way this year has been dedicated to that that we might go through some things that you can look at doing as parents um as husband and wife to gain those indulgences and um and understand what they're for i know um anyway what's what's an indulgence Do we, uh, in layman's terms, this catechism, I think it's going to be pretty close to the, to that. Is it's basically it's, it's um, the either removal or the lack of having to have um, temporal punishment due to sin that has already been forgiven. That you know, that is very important. What you just said, right? There. Yeah. The so what that means is is that I mean I, I've done I I use I've used this example before, but I. But I think it rings true to to most parents um, that have ever had this happen. You know, I've I've told the story about the kids throwing the baseball in the back of the room, backyard, and me going out there and saying, "Hey, you shouldn't be throwing the ball towards the house. You should be throwing parallel to the house because one." And the kids were like, "Oh, don't worry about that. You know, we're really good at this." And and I said, "Look, I'm just telling you, you ought to do it this way." please do it this way. Well, I shut the door and the ball went through the window and beat me into the living room. <laughs> so at that moment, you know, they came in, of course, very sorry. And you said, Hey, Asked you guys for, do have a strong arm. Yeah. But. You have a strong arm and you know, things happen. Should have listened, should have followed the rules. You know, in, in that case, they were breaking the rules. They were doing something that they were told would not be good for them or for others. So here the <laughs> analogy they is they were sinning. They were sinning, and and they came in immediately and begged <laughs> for forgiveness, Confession. which they received. They confessed. They, you know, Dad, I was so sorry. Please forgive us for doing this. Well, the reality is, you know, they were forgiven at that moment. So Absolution. They, they, were, they, were, they were absolved. But the window was still broken. I mean, it was still shattered, which meant that, the bedroom of the daughters had now <laughs> a gaping hole with nothing. So it had to be fixed because the, the, there were effects of that sin. Right. So already forgiven that were going to impact the daughters in their room. We're going to impact the people who had done it because they, I said, that's got to be fixed. Right. And I think it even is better. They couldn't fix it by themselves. <laughs> But I made them do things for it. In other words, I had the money. I'm the one that had to call up and say, "Hey, we need somebody to come out here to fix this," and you're going, y'all are going to pay for it. But when they're, you know, eleven or twelve, and it's going to cost several hundred dollars to do it, that would take forever. Um, but they were still required to do something that was not actually necessarily fixing it. Um, but they were, but they were kind of. There was still temporal punishment. Well, so Dude, like they, they, were, they had to go in there and sweep up the glass. Sweep I mean, up the glass. The temp, that's part of the temporal punishment. Right. there, and, and, and if we had not fixed it, you know, the fact that mosquitoes and whatever else come through the windows, the, the, hot, the cold air going out, the hot air, the impact of the whole thing, if not fixed, would impact the family in multiple ways. Right. So not just themselves. It's not but just other themselves. People. Other right. people were right. impacted by it. And so there's this punishment or these things that are that are the result of their sin that has already been forgiven. Right. And there's a distinction that as always, typically when we do something, even if we're forgiven for it, there are ripples of punishments or sufferings that come as a result of that. And that's pretty typical. I, I saw another one where a guy was comparing it to 
your appendectomy, you're, you're, you've got a source, you got a stomach, not a, you have an appendix that's about to rupture and there's all that. So that's like the sin you go in and they have to do the surgery that removes the, the problem that's causing that yet still after that, you still have the scar. It still hurts <laughs> all those type of things. So there's still something that flows from the sin that has been fixed um, fixed because of what Christ accomplished on the cross, not because of what we're doing. The, an indulgence is one that, that God says, if we do these things in a certain way and we, as directed by the church, as offered by the church, in this case by Pope Francis, with regard to this, if we do these things, then God is going to remit or remove the, those ripple effects He's gonna. He's going to um, take them away, right? Is that how you, how you would would say? It? I mean, mm-hmm. and and there's those are indulgences. So again, very important. We're forgiven because of what Christ accomplished on the cross. It's not because we're doing these things that somehow we're gaining uh, forgiveness, right? And this comes out of the. Um, Chapter in Matthew, Matthew twenty-seven. Right. Yeah, is that the, right? Where he's, where, what, where what you hold oh, bound on earth is hold bound yes. in heaven. What you loose on earth is held loose in heaven. And sometimes this is described as the the treasury of the merits of the of Christ and the saints. That the church is given the authority by Christ in the Scriptures to to do this and to apply those merits of Christ and the saints in however she you know she sees fit. Right. Uh, you know, within the boundaries of natural law and revelation and, and the magisterium and such. Um, and so I think it's also good to point out that prior to the Second Vatican Council, there were um, there was a more complex classification of types of indulgences, that, ha- and they were denominated by uh, numbers of days or numbers of years that some, some act would have have an effect of remission right. uh, of the punishment and Pope Paul VI reformed that as part of the reforms of the Second Vatican Council and so now there's two types of indulgences yeah, partial, partial and plenary and plenary partial is exactly what it says a partial remission of the punishment due to sin and plenary is the complete remission I due think to that's sin. my definition now that's what yeah. plenary means so. and um, uh, in the or so in the plain English, it's partial is partial. Right. Um, and you can apply those to yourself or you can apply that indulgence to uh, a soul and soul in per- You cannot apply it to another living, living person, person, but yeah. you can apply it to somebody who's gone, which gets to, th- this actually gets to the heart of why we believe that, that purgatory exists, that you can... You can die with a sin forgiven, with with still some things that you're attached to, some things that 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 you're not loving God completely, mm-hmm. even some effects mm-hmm. from the sins that you've committed, and you and you die with that, and so you're forgiven. If you're if you're in purgatory, you're going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily aim there, but. But if you get the, then your sins have been forgiven. It, but there are things that still have to be yeah. worked out and through. And so, while they, while a person who's died that would happen to be in purgatory can pray for us, as I understand it, as the church teaches, they can't pr- pray for themselves. That's right. That's right. So that's why it's important for us to offer masses, to pray at mass for right. people who've gone before right. us. And I, I think that all of this um, about indulgences is a wonderful example of how the Catholic faith, what it does is it kind of elaborates out and codifies out these basic Christian principles that that we have in common and share with Orthodox Christians evangelical Christians, other Protestant Christians. So what I'm talking about is loving God, loving your neighbor, right? Right. Um, what indulgences say is that love of neighbor 
doesn't just happen on this plane of existence on right. Earth. It actually extends through time to those who have already died. Um, and so you can love someone who is in purgatory. That's what you're doing by performing these actions. And then when you're supposed to, you know, all of us as Christians believe in, um, again, loving loving neighbor. And so the church explains it as cooperating with grace and uh, faith and works. And indulgences are a way of elaborating specific ways that you can right and so and like i said i work out love pretty do you're you cooperate with race like i can can help my kids like in a in a not as perfect an analogy but i can help my kids get the window fixed if mm-hmm. i had to wait for them that they couldn't do um for lots of reasons they can't do it so it's it's an act of god that he's allowing through this is not something that we're doing that somehow earns something um, that has no connection to with what Jesus has done. Everything starts and begins with what Christ accomplished on the cross. Our ability to have sins forgiven, period, mm-hmm. happens because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, mm-hmm. his passion, death, and resurrection. Would, would you like to have a vague un, you know, explanation or description of how to love God and love your neighbor, or would you like to have specific ways that you you can have confidence that, right. that so, you're doing that. And that's what a lot of this, this and, is. And it, it, it shows the inner I mean, interconnectivity that the fact that we are one body, right. both, both here on earth, we're connected to those in purgatory. We're connected to those in heaven, right? All one body. Right. And we all can work to the saints in heaven or as it's shows, one church, inter- as a matter we're, of fact, we're one church. It's it. They are praying for us. Um, those, in purgatory will be praying for us um, and we can be interceding for each other. It all starts, begins, ends with what Jesus accomplished on the cross. This is not something else. The, it is his church, his bride on this planet through his vicar, his representative here on earth by the authority given by Jesus to the apostles is a, is is offering this as a way for us to cooperate with him and what he desires because right. his bride is telling us this is what he desires right. and so obviously through the holy spirit the church this year in particular is saying saint joseph is somebody that we need to not to take away from jesus but because of what jesus has done it's his Foster father, stepfather. Yeah. Can, I, can I add one other thing? Yeah. My understanding is that the the teaching, the reality of prevenient grace, even says any good act anybody does is because of the grace of whether they Christ, know it, whether they know it or not. They know it. In fact, the conversion. I think I don't remember. I think it was Saint Augustine, but I don't know. Early on, even the conversion. Even when we say I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, even when we have that conversion. It is grace that has preceded that. Our action only flows from a response to a grace that's been given. Right. Why? So it's always God acting right. in our response to that action. Because it's, God is pure act and God is goodness, truth, beauty itself. Right. And so he's so anything that we do, ultimately good has a, has a source that is God himself. Exactly. And a response to a grace that's given. We're not doing something in order to gain his favor, we're right. responding to his favor. Right. But yet we are completely free when we when we act, even though God, through his grace, is preceding that that good action. Absolutely, which which allows him to crown that merit as a merit. I mean, you responded to my grace, could have done nothing, would have meant nothing, separate from what has happened on the cross and what Jesus has set up in his in his in and through his church and through what he accomplished on the cross for us it's always a response to that but he as, as I th- again i think it's saint augustine but but i may be over quoting but even when he says there's a merit it's it's always only a merit that is a crowning of something that god's already given in and through jesus christ and his 
passion, death, and resurrection here. Yeah. So none of this is pointing to like we're earning something or we're doing. We're merely responding to 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 the prompting of the church, who is both human and divine. the 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 Holy Spirit is guiding it, and then we trust in faith that what we're hearing is something that we are called to respond to. So if the church is offering by its authority, which was given to it by Jesus Christ, the only Lord (laughs) and savior uh, of us humans, then we're responding to that. This is not like a, let's work at this. It's something that, Hey, so for the kids, if I said, Hey, you need to go clean up the, they, they're doing work. They didn't have a broom. <laughs> they don't have the money. I give them everything, and it's a response right. that, they're, that they're making to a request by me or their mother. Right. And so um, I just want to be clear because there's a lot of confusion that people think that somehow an indulgence is something where you can't get somebody out of hell with an indulgence. We don't know where, where people are, so we would, we're, we're praying that— it, at best, they're in heaven. At worst, they're in purgatory. It's not a go sin, go sin with no consequences card. Right, and it's not something that we go get with no intention of trying to conform ourselves more perfectly to. Right, and that's a great place to then talk about if we want if we want to shift a yeah. little bit to um, any indulgence is has some kind of default conditions attached right. to it, and but this. These are specific things, but as you'll, if you've been listening to the discussion, um, you'll see how it fits right in with um, cooperating with grace, Christ's uh, the grace of Christ preceding everything good that we do. So usually those are uh, you have to receive uh, sacramental confession, you have to receive Holy Communion, you have to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. Uh, and so, and I think there's kind of a rule of thumb that I've come across like as like days. 20 days, 20 days so with either the, side yeah, of, yeah, asking of, let's say you going to a, making a pilgrimage, for example, here's the fourth one is the, yeah, the, this, this is <laughs> the a, quote unquote a, tricky one for us because we're fallen in our fallen human nature. And the fourth one is you have to detach yourself from all sin. This is to gain a plenary indulgence. Right, and that's always been Talk something a about that. that. Well, I don't, I don't. The intention is, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of that. We're, I, I'm, at that moment, detaching myself from anything, and that's hard knowing myself, and I think most people out there, about whether um, from all sin. It doesn't say from mortal sin. sin. It says from all sin. Right, and I, I honestly, that would be something I'd like to get somebody on that can help me through that, honestly, um, because that's, because if I'm honest, I mean, I'd like to be detached, and I don't know if the intention, and I'm not speaking to this, that is a requirement for a plenary indulgence. Yeah. That would have to be for, because God knows we're sinners, and so that I don't know if it's for that moment or what, but that would be the discussion. Right, because some of the, some of the reading I've done in in other areas would lead me to leads me to believe that detachment from sin is when when one has not even any um compunction towards sin you don't even have the uh kind yeah. of not temptation but uh, you you don't even have that tendency towards towards sin anymore. Towards yeah, that would a, be there would definitely be a, a grace moment. But yeah, we but always I have but I don't know. We always, I think we always have uh, concupiscence. concupiscence, which is kind of built into our fallen human nature that yeah. we're meant to cooperate with God to overcome. So we're going so we're we're to get back, get get back, back to that one. one I, I, would, I would be a little bit concerned with any answer I gave with regard to that. But I guess um, I, on the other side, I'm sorry, Trey, to cut you off, but when you, when you make sure that you um, know about the, the, the need to detach ourselves from sin, that also helps us understand why... You know, you don't you don't just go through your life um, seeking seeking one plenary indulgence, right? You it's it's something that you you want to kind of make a habit of or continually go back to in in your life. Well, actually, you know, one of my professors, um, and it's a good 
it's a good practice because you you can there are a lot of things that you could receive partial indulgences for yeah. day to day to day. And one of the great prayers to follow like a morning offering um, that I think you should add to it. And, and, and it's basically just, I wish to gain all the indulgences attached to the prayers I shall say, and the good works I shall perform this day. Mm. Because sometimes even without uh, that's stating that if I do something that is worthy of some sort of indulgence, God, would you please give that to me? Yeah. And again, this is not gaining forgiveness for sin. This is this is gaining the temporal, the, the in this world punishment due to a sin that we've committed. And so it's on a prayer card that I have, but my professor years ago when we were talking about it in, in, um, in class was saying that should be a daily morning part of your prayer is to ask for every indulgence that you might gain, whether you know it or not by a kind word or a prayer that you say, or a good work that you do and just ask for it because it's something that goes. Can I, I piggyback on, yeah, on that example? Sure. You're talking about the, the, the simplicity of the types of partial indulgences available. This is like kind of a sidebar to what we're talking today about, folks, which is the year of St. Joseph, if you're just joining us now on Mystery of Parenthood. But uh, I'm looking up here. This is the general grants of partial indulgences that were issued in 1968 as part of that reform of the, of the uh, indulgence system. A partial indulgence is granted to one of the faithful who, in the performance of his duties, um, adding at least mentally some pious invocation, such as when you're, so when you're performing your work, lifting your mind to God and saying something like, my God, I love you, all for you, thy kingdom come, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, save souls, heart of Jesus, I trust in you, your will be done, Mary, save me. So when you're Washing the dishes when you're um, paying a bill online, raise your mind to God and make one of those those holy invocations. Well, and that's and that's and sometimes we complicate. I mean, there should be time set aside to prayer and and that. But but if you look at the beginning of the catechism on prayer, I think they quote Therese of Lisieux, who calls prayer a simple glance towards heaven, mm-hmm. not not a staring at a glance towards heaven. So. I know that I used to, and I try to, you know, I, I have little markers in my day that I try to help remind me uh, to stop for a moment. So for me, on a digital clock, if I see all, if I see all the three of the same numbers, that's a cue that I've put in my head. I to stop at that moment and say, you know, thank you, Jesus, for this moment, or help me, or anything to just do that. The other one, I used to set a dinger. I don't have, a, you know, on my every hour it would ring to try to remind me, okay, when that goes off, nothing more than, hey, here I am. I'm, I'm yours, you know, please. I love you. I, I love need you. you. I need you. Whatever. Something that's a glance towards heaven. Because God knows whatever you're working on in most cases is something that you need to be working on. So if you're at work, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be more than that. You've made your morning offering. You've asked for all the indulgences that come your way. And you, and you do this as a matter of, I'm just trying to remind myself to keep myself in the presence of God. That's part of kind of the practicing the presence of God. Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, if you ever get a chance, was just a bunch of letters. But he talks, he was like a shoe cobbler and did very menial work. But he talked, he was teaching people how to, Remind. It's not that God's not present; He is present. It's our active response to that presence that we need to try to help remember, or have things to help us remember to say that. But those are all potential partial indulgences. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I think those are. I think that's important. So I would one, you know, just ask for every indulgence that you might gain from the prayers that I shall say and the good works I should perform this day, please give them to me. (laughs) Um, Again, it's all gift. It's not we're earning it. Mm -hmm. It's that we're receiving that which God wants to give us. Right. And we're cooperating with that. Right. We're basically opening the gift. 
that's been given. Right. So oh, we're opening that, that treasury of the merits of right. the, uh, the saints and, and, and Christ. So the partial indulgence is actually a good jumping off point to go back to the year of St. Joseph and, and right. what the Holy Father has, has done. So one of the other partial indulgences uh, is given for anyone who performs in good faith one of the 14 works of mercy, the seven spiritual works of mercy and the seven corporal works of mercy. And as a matter of fact, for this special holy year, um, what the Holy Father did is, I want to make sure that I read this correctly. Yeah. He elevated carrying out a corporal or spiritual work of mercy to gaining a plenary indulgence this year. Just wow. for this year. Wow. So do you want me to run through Yeah, the, run through the corporal so and just the spiritual. Very quickly. The corporal works of mercy was probably are more familiar to a lot of us. Feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, um, sheltering the homeless, visiting the sick, visiting the imprisoned, and burying the dead. Okay? Right. Spiritual works of mercy, counsel the doubtful. Instruct the ignorant, admonish sinners, comfort the afflicted, forgive offenses, bear wrongs patiently, pray for the living and the dead. Wow. All, all, a large number of those things will, would happen in the family. A large, exactly. that's, a large that's number of those say, things would happen. Leave it for right, you. Well, a large number of those things would happen daily, or the, the opportunity. But certainly <laughs> as daily. parents, I mean, we're to, pretty much doing those all the time with God, thanks be to God, burying the dead. We're not usually doing yeah, hopefully burying that, the dead that's all the not time. All the time, but we certainly are feeding the hungry. <laughs> you could even say you're visiting the captive when you're you put the kid in timeout and you go over and say, "Okay, uh, you're ready to come out of timeout. Now let's well, talk you're about things." The, you're admonishing and, the sinner, yeah. you know, all... and let's get you back on on the right path. So, right, gosh. So, so, I mean, again, if you see things that way, um, which I think is a, an appropriate Catholic way of seeing things, that's why it's so important as parents to recognize that what we're doing day to day is living out those those for the most part. Exactly. I mean, exactly. And, and not relegating, you know, the the things that we see as menial because they are something we do every day, but actually heightening them and recognizing, okay, I'm actually doing what I'm called to do as a parent. I'm responding to the grace of being a parent, and I'm responding to the recognition that God is allowing me to correct my child, to encourage them, um, to feed them. <laughs> all of those things are all um, day-to-day, mm-hmm. everyday type of things. And, you know, let's be honest, as a parent— you're bearing wrongs patiently all the time. Well, as a husband and wife, I mean, on both sides of that, you can help your wife by by asking for forgiveness <laughs> for the times that you you know have have not done what you should have done, or mm-hmm. have done something you sh- should shouldn't mm-hmm. have done, or whatever. Your spouse says a cross word to you, or you know, is a little short with you. You know, bearing that wrong patiently, not flying off the handle. Yeah, well, um, I need some help with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but L- let's not talk about that right no, now. No, no, let's not. We can go find. But th- but anyway, that was on this. There, well, I was looking at this one, and we can go through the. So there's seven more. If we're both seven more, at the same yeah. Page. So the first, so the f- the f- one we just talked about was on my list was number three was That's to right. carry out corporal right. and spiritual works of mercy, um, and that those have been elevated to a plenary indulgence. So you have. And you can have one a day. Yeah, multiple opportunities this <laughs> right. year. And and so if if you have somebody who you can offer, I mean, if you have one a day and you're and you're doing that and you're asking for those indulgence, you can offer that indulgence for, you know, your grandmother, or your mom, or whomever, or, or can for you yourself. Ch- talk just a little bit about those works of mercy and how they reflect Saint Joseph? Just t- well, I mean, riff on that a little bit. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, Saint Joseph obviously is is an example of what it is. He, number one, he was not a man of many words. I mean, he may have been. We don't know, but he bore 
a lot of difficulties because God asked him to. And God gave him the grace to. It's not like he willed it without the help of God's grace, right. but but the, the angels that show. So he was constantly looking at trying to serve his spouse and Mary, to, to serve his child, to bear the wrongs that were coming his way. Um, everything from, I mean, primarily, you know, they're, they're going to kill all the young kids and he has to go to Egypt and become a, a refugee effectively for quite a few years there. Um, the suffering that would have occurred when he went to Bethlehem and <laughs> I can't even find a place for my, the, the son to be born, the son of God to be born. I mean, I can't, so there's all these different sufferings mm-hmm. that occurred. I think about the fact that he, in in all likelihood, it's apparent that he died before um, Jesus did. To know what was going on and and to do to have to say goodbye to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and even accept his own death, I think would would have been so he is the best because he's also not tooting his own horn. I guess he's not going around saying so, like. You know, for us, we always we we um, we always talk about. You know, Stephanie would put out a manger this time of year. She she did it again. She pulled it out and she would pull out yarn, and the manger would be empty, and and you fill the yarn by doing good things. But the but the rule was, you can't say, "Oh, I did this for somebody, therefore I <laughs> throw." Hey, I deserve that. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Somebody had to notice that you had helped with the dishes or had done whatever. So I think what's great about St. Joseph is he did this all quietly. He he didn't, you know, you don't ever see him go, hey, what's in it for me? I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean he was he spent his life devoting it concretely to the ones that God put in it for him to serve. Yeah. Mary, our mother, and 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 Jesus our Lord and Savior. And so I think there's something particularly in St. Joseph that's, you know, certainly for, for dads and, 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 and men, but, but all to not be looking for, you know, hey, did you see what I did? But instead just donating yourself for the sake of the other, which is the definition, giving myself, is the definition of love. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was a that was good great enough riff, and, but and uh, but I, I need help with that. I need help with not. Well, so do I. I mean, I think everybody getting attention to myself. Yeah, I mean that's that that is something. But he he certainly in scripture doesn't call attention to himself. You, I mean, it, it's something that he's always responding to to a grace, um, right? And if that grace is different, that message is different than what he's planned. He always goes with. <laughs> The other plan, the plan that's God's plan. Exactly. And so that's why we, that's at least one of the many reasons that he's at the top of the list. So anyway, uh, I, you know, I think it's interesting, not interesting, the the name of the document, which you can go find, um, I mean, you can just plug in your St. Joseph, Pope Francis, and you can go get the um, the declaration that, that Pope Francis put out there. But he did it on the anniversary, the 150th, 150th anniversary of Pope um, Pius IX's declaration that St. Joseph is the patron of the Catholic Church, also the patron of the Holy Family, also the patron of our domestic churches, as we look, not, not necessarily in the way he said it here, but that's the way to look at it. I find it interesting. Stephanie actually asked me, why did he do it on the 8th? Well, first off, he did it on December 8th because of the fact that this was written on December 8th, 150 years ago. Right. But I think what I, what I think happened is the reason that was written then was he was part of who would preserve the Immaculate Conception. In other words, who God was going to use to preserve the Immaculate Conception. Right. um, To preserve his, the mother of God's purity from outward things. So everything that he did, even that we know um, did that he was he didn't he was didn't want to put her away you know he was going to divorce her quietly but there's no take her and so he took her and so he is kind of 
of course, God does that. And again, like everything else, he's just cooperating with that. But but they called it, you know, I think this one is the name of this one is the heart of the father, the heart of the father or something like that. Yes. Pa- uh, Patrice Corday with a father's heart. With a father's heart. That is how Joseph loved Jesus, whom all four Gospels refer to as quote, the son of Joseph, end quote. That's the opening line of the right. so, letter. So with the Father's heart, and I think for all, because we can all learn from that, um, we learn what the Father's like. But I, th- I find it interesting that the first, not interesting, I think it's, you know, makes sense. But one of the ways to gain, one of the eight ways to gain the plenary indulgence during this year is to meditate for 30 minutes on the Our Father. Because if... If you meditate on our Father, um, you are learning what the Father's heart. Because Jesus gave that. No, He's the one who knows the Father, who's revealing the Father. So the way He teaches us to pray, in and of itself, is a means of revealing the Father. Right. You know, hallowed be Thy name. Uh, you've seen the. You haven't seen the. The. I'm sorry. Howard be Thy name. No. <laughs> no. I'm not. There's a there's a meme out not a meme or something out there I don't know what they call it but there's a there's a young girl that's being videoed by the mother and the mothers she goes I know God's name and you're like how do you know God's name she goes well Howard be thy name. oh wow <laughs> a little like three year old oh, but God anyway but hallowed be thy name is the correct way of saying that but from a three year old that's acceptable yeah um, but hallowed is holy is your name. So exactly. the source of all holiness. So that's that's something that he shares with that. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That his kingdom is what's for us. So you meditate on that, thy kingdom come, thy will be done again. Like like Joseph, his will's the best for us. Um, but then we pray for our daily bread. You know, we pray that we not be delivered... So he wants all those things. If Jesus asked us to pray for them, then those are things that God, the Father, wants to say yes to. Right, right. And one's a recognition of who he is and what his will is, but then it's also recognition that everything we need comes from them, which is the only way I think St. Joseph, he had to have tremendous faith to go through what he went through (laughs) um, in order to continually say yes to what was happening. So one of the first way that's listed on here is, and I think it's because of that is because it's on the father's heart is to meditate on the, our father. So I've heard, I think it was Teresa of Avila that couldn't even get through the, our father because it had such an impact on her, that her thinking about um, that prayer. So um, pray for that. Then what is the number two was to attend a spiritual Day retreat that includes St. Joseph meditation. This must be, um, this looks like it's a quote from Saint, from um, Pope Francis. St. Joseph, an authentic man of faith, invites us to rediscover the filial relationship with the Father, to renew fidelity to prayer, to listen and to correspond with profound discernment to the will of God. Filial, that means to be a son. I think it's important for us to to remember, and that's what St. Joseph probably was great at remembering, that he was a, a child of God and that he was following a father who, even when it looked like it was hard, even when you can't understand why, even when you could make a lot of reasons why this cannot be the right thing to have to do, like having to transport, following the law of the land to have to transport a, a woman like 20 miles or whatever. I forget how far it is. 30. I mean, it was a three day journey, journey walking from where they were to there to Bethlehem for the census. Lord, could you, I mean, you could, I mean, I would have said, right. I mean, you're in charge of everything. You can't want me to have to go yet. He did that. And anyway, I think that that's a trusting son and to be that, it's a good thing to uh, do. So focus on what St. Joseph, there's lots of great things to do. Like I said, this rejoice that I'm looking at by Father Mark Toops, 
it's Advent Meditations, but it talks about different events in St. Joseph's life and how that reveals something to ourselves and gives us good scripture reading. So I would highly recommend that. It's Rejoice Advent Meditations with Joseph by Father Mark Toops. Um, I don't, I'm sure there'll be retreats now that this has been done, that somebody will be out there at some parishes will be doing some of that. Number three was the, the spiritual corporal works of mercy. Um, four, you may already be doing this, recite the Holy Rosary with your family uh, or if engaged with your future spouse. Um, and then I guess this quote here, the main aspect of Joseph's vo- vocation was to be the guardian of the Holy Family of Nazareth, husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and legal father of Jesus, so that all Christian families are stimulated to recreate the same climate of intimate communion, love, and prayer that was lived in the Holy Family. So that opportunity is husband and wife and, and children to sit around and, and pray the rosary on a regular basis. So it just says once you could do, if you did that every night and offered that an asset for you'd have a, you'd have plenary indulgences, I guess, times the number of people that are saying, saying the prayers, uh, all other uh, requirements, uh, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's four. And if you're going to mass uh, regularly and you are going to confession regularly, um, you're, you're going to meet those. You're going to meet those needs, those other needs right. of the plenary indulgence. So, yeah, that that's a that is. Um, I mean, those are things that you're already doing. Right. All you're doing is asking for right. for the indulgence. A lot of people have in a tra- in uh, in their praying of the Rosary tradition already included to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. You know, when yes. they, when like when they pray when they pray that initial Our Father bead, a lot yeah. of people. Pray for the intentions of the Good Holy Father right add. then. Good thing to add at that point. Um, then it's then it has, you know, trust your day and or work to St. Joseph. Of course, he's the worker, the patron of all workers. Invoke his protection and his intercession on, on that. So the plenary indulgence can therefore be achieved, quoting, by anyone who entrusts their activity to the protection of St. Joseph and any faithful who invoke the intercession of the artisan of Nazareth, with prayers so that those looking for work can find a job and work and the work of everyone is more dignified. So there's also, particularly during this time, attention to those who have lost their jobs. So to be not only entrusting your own work, but also asking Mm -hmm. for work for others. Mm -hmm. Um, About five minutes, a little less than five minutes left. Um, Yeah. So let's see. Number six was to pray to St. Joseph for persecuted um, Christians. Christians. Um, again, that would be fitting because his family was persecuted. <laughs> Herod killed off, ran him off to Egypt, and you know he, he knew what it was like to be persecuted and to be fer- afraid of— Right, and he learned the, of the slaughter of the innocents, too. Right, lear- and, and all that that entailed, the fact that his um, foster son or— would be would have been one of those, and that mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. protect them. So, uh, plenary indulgence is granted to the faithful who will recite the litanies of Saint Joseph or uh, something from the Byzantine tradition, which I'm not familiar with, the Akathistos to Saint Joseph, or some other prayer to Saint Joseph proper to other liturgical tr- traditions for the relief of all Christians who suffer any form of. Uh, persecution. One of my favorites is one that I've got, and I won't read it because we don't have that much time, but uh, there's an ancient prayer to St. Joseph, which I pray every day. They say that it was, they believe that it was written in the first century, but they oh, didn't wow. find it for some time. Okay. Um, but it's really a neat one because it, it, it's talking to St. Joseph. It's, it's saying, I, I can't approach while you're holding the baby Jesus, but please kiss him on the head for me. So yeah, it's a beautiful one. I I try to say that every day. It takes all of 15 seconds. So, um, anyway, oh yeah. Well, so yeah, number seven would lead into that, which is, (laughs) uh, I'm ahead of myself. Recite any legitimately approved prayer or act of piety in honor of St. Joseph. Um, especially on recurrences of his feast days, you know, March 19th and May 1st and on the feast of the Holy family of, uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and on St. Joseph's Sundays, 
which according to the Byzantine are on the 19th of each month and every Wednesday. So it's just, again, trying to set something up to where you can put on your calendar. These are mm-hmm. days that I'm especially going to try to do this and get in the habit of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is, this is a great one from, we, we have my mother-in-law's moved in. Um, I'm sure many of you out there listening have elder, you know, grandparents, great grandparents, if you're listening, but number eight is, you know, for the elderly, the sick and the dying to recite an act of piety in St. Joseph's honor and trust, you know, their life and in your own life and discomforts to St. Joseph. Um, it's interesting. St. Joseph is the patron of departing souls because the end of the prayer that I pray, try to pray every day is St. Joseph patron of departing souls. Pray for me. Mm. And I had to pray, um, for those who might die today, mm-hmm. um, every day, mm-hmm. um, is another one. So, um, those are all pretty easy to do. I mean, the, one of those is something that, you know, you could add very easily to every day. I think the Holy Father pretty much said, uh, is saying you don't have any reason, even given that there's still pandemic conditions, to not participate and take full advantage of this this I, I year. So. Yeah. I, want, I want more outpouring of grace. I want more cooperation with the grace of God and the... And the um, protection and intercession of St. Joseph yeah. by and everyone try, in the world. Try, I mean, try it. He's, a, he's a, a great example and somebody who's had a tremendous impact on our family. So anyway, hopefully that's all helpful. Those eight, um, take it, make it part of your family and, um, and go get that plenary indulgence. So anyway, always remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless. Happy Advent.